0: Welcome to the Career Pro Podcast. We're here with David Mantica. Wow, I'm, I'm excited about this talk. We're going to talk about Agile, the new way of working. Absolutely, John. That's a fantastic
1: topic to be digging into. You know, for so many years we have been focused on this bureaucratic architectural architect of architecture of working. You know, you have your boss. Your boss tells the people what to do. People do what they're supposed to do based on what the boss wants them to do. The people don't think. The boss thinks for the people. And this has been around for a very long time. And a lot of cases it can be efficient given certain circumstances. But because of the pace of change, because of the rapid updates in technology, the way that we work, the way that we shop, the way that we think, you know, how we want to attack the marketplace, is forcing us to rethink how we need to work as organizations. And one of the biggest issues comes back to this structure, this positional power-based structure where the boss tells you what to do,
0: the boss monitors, the boss measures what you do and then you're told whether you're doing a good job or not. David, how can there be anything different than that? <laughs> That's what I mean. I felt like in the even in the military uh, in in the university system, and in the working world, even as a small business, that just seems like that's how it rolls. David, what are you <laughs> what are you talking about here?
1: Absolutely, isn't it crazy? So I was brought up and watching not brought up, but I worked in Washington, D.C. for many years. It's like you said, you were in the military structure. You have you're accountable. You're accountable to this boss. The boss tells you how to do something, you get it done. As you can start hearing what we're talking about, it's all predicated on the one person knowing what should be done, and then that person's person above them knowing the larger scope of what that person covers. The reality is that speed, the rapid pace of change, is starting to blow that apart. So there is another way. There's a very interesting other way. And it hasn't been something that just popped out of nowhere. I mean, this way of working and this way of thinking has been around in little tidbits and little enclaves for many many years has just kind of started to solidify you know part of it coming off the lean concepts and the manufacturing processes in japan and then pulled in from the software development organizations in the early 2000s and now starting to permeate up and we can dig into it some more but it's definitely there started in japan denning principles after the marshall plan after the rebuilding of japan after the after the war, and then moved into software development in the early 2000s with the agile software development methods,
0: and now really come into play in, in how organizations can potentially be run. So, If we're in a small business, entrepreneurial, say even a startup or a franchise, from one to five people, all the way up to the Fortune 500. As a leader, why do I need to know about Agile and this new way of working? What is the new way of working? How does does that paradigm shift? Let's kind of break your question into two parts. This is kind of the fun part. So the first part is why. So
1: when you look at the why of this, it's all about meeting the needs of your customers. So this marketplace treats companies that don't meet the needs of their customers horribly. Companies are going from a, a life cycle of 30 years down to a life cycle of 15 years. They can't compete because new upstart companies can rapidly displace them and provide a competitive advantage. So you have to be able to delight your customers and that's an agile saying. So it's happening because the way we were structured before doesn't allow for fast effective decision making to happen at where to work happens so that you can make the decision that's most appropriate appropriate to what is going on. Number 2 is we st- we have to find a way to plan better instead of th- building out all the requirements, planning, and then trying to execute planning in stages and iterative pathways so that you get closer to the future. So if I had to say why Agile at this point in time, the two primary elements are, one, getting decision-making down to where work happens, so you now empower the worker to actually decide how things happen because they're doing it, and number two, breaking the construct of the work into smaller pieces so you can see the future you're getting closer to the future when you're working because if you run something for six months to a year you the future is going to kill you because what you thought about six months ago is probably not relevant six
0: months into the future why if i'm running my small business i'm running this department at this company or i'm running a pretty big organization why do i need to inject in anything different and especially let's say let's say I'm prosperous now I feel like we're doing okay (laughs) because it won't be prosperous in
1: six months eight months uh, 12 months the thing is you can't what you've done now won't be what you do in the future and one of the things I talk about a lot is that in this world you have to really know who you are because you're going to be forced with having to change what you do Um, business any type of small business you might go from you know, having a drive-through window to actually now having to have someone deliver your food for you. You might have to go from, you know, working with a recruiter to actually having a career coach, somebody who actually helps you coach and network appropriately. You might have to have been a router engineer and now you have to move to a cloud administrator and it's going to happen in faster and faster and faster cycles. So the reality is I might be very prosperous right this second, but change is going to catch up with you a lot
0: faster than it did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So you're starting to, you're starting to say some things that resonate down home with us because you can't go into a restaurant where they don't have a little space for, for the pickup. Absolutely. So the, you're talking about little changes like that. That are creeping up. Because it delights the customer. I don't want to walk. First off, we're, we're becoming more
1: and more antisocial. So if you're a business person, you got to start thinking about the idea that people would rather get stuff
0: delivered to them. People would la- rather not have to communicate with others or be around others if at all possible. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine who's been in business like us for over 20 years. You, that's not even a good thing to say. It's, but, <laughs> no, the, but you've just, been in business. Time, you just changed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> time and grade has a has a marketing organization with a fabulous, I mean, the office that you would go into to meet with them about your website or mm-hmm. about your business or about growing your business of all sizes, just fabulous. Like all the colors match, David. Yeah. I mean, but today, it's the same. Doing a similar amount of business, I believe, as she's always done. However. She says nobody wants to come into the to the office to get things done on her staff. Exactly, and the customers don't need to meet in this fabulous new cool place. Is that the kind That's of change part of we're what talking you're about? talking about? That so the. So first off is your
1: costs are going to increase as productivity increases, as salaries increase, right? So I have to fight back on that. So if I'm seeing the fact that my office is not of value anymore, if I can save five to $8,000 a month not having an office any longer, pay these valuable employees the money they need to be as creative as possible, and my customer's not going to walk away from me, I'm going to go ahead and do that. So... I'm not saying that you know, some of this interactive stuff is bad, good or bad. In some ways, I think it's bad that we're falling back into our electronic cocoons, if you were, mm-hmm. in this, today's day and age. But what, what we are both saying is that there has to be a different way to tackle that or we might be beaten by our own constructs, our own patterns of thinking. We get so stuck I'm, in patterns of thinking and we think, oh, that's wrong. So I'm not going to do that, yet
0: it just eats you alive good, good point. Saying. Yes. Take this to there's a small business example and things that we can see and feel and touch and are very visceral. Take this to the bigger business. What's an Amazon? What do you have to say about everything Amazon? Everything can be done internally. So the Amazon scenario someday somewhere pretty pretty soon someone's going dis- to disrupt them.
1: Some way, some place. Even Jeff Bezos says that. Absolutely going to happen. And, you know, all they have to do is keep building different business models, different businesses, so that when their one business is disrupted, they'll have three other businesses to go to. Alphabet does a great job of this. I'm not not a big fan of either company, personally, but both companies diversify their portfolios and trying out new
0: things like crazy because they never know when their core business is going to be disrupted. And are they disrupting Our businesses now, I think the answer is yes. And how can we compete better with the biggest of the biggest?
1: So today's the best with this agile work. Oh my God, today's the best time in the world. All right, now it's
0: big companies. Okay, because that's a real (laughs) threat to most businesses, or it's an opportunity. I guess you can see it both ways. Now you have my attention. Take us to where we need to go yeah, so in Agile. If I'm a small business person, from an Agile standpoint, right, I'm really thinking about this.
1: I'm saying to myself, I have to first understand who I am and realize I can't make all the decisions any longer. Because a lot of times, small business people, they become small business people so they like to make a lot of decisions. They like to be in control and usually in the small business world it's a technology piece that's causing them some challenges and the fact that if they can latch on to some technologies
0: those technologies can help them better compete with these bigger companies that's i don't all. mean to interrupt but, but what if let's you're let's in interrupt a small all day business long. is this same concept still apply if i'm running a division of a big business. Absolutely. Entrepreneurship. So entrepreneurship, okay. entrepreneurship, they're the same thing. So
1: entrepreneurship is I'm going to go out there and build a company for myself. Entrepreneurship is I'm going to take my division. I'm going to change the direction of my organization and move in a different pathway based on what I'm seeing in the marketplace. So the big challenge is, is that when we get stuck in mindsets, mindsets kill you. So I started realizing as a business person, I, didn't, I only liked something if it worked. I didn't, you know, and it sounds horrible and maybe there's an ethical question associated with this, but as long as you're ethical and as long as your morals are proper, you shouldn't really care what you do. You should understand who you are and what you do is based on where the marketplace is going. And a lot of small business people get fixated on, this is what I've done. This is what makes me good. Agile breaks that down. Agile forces them to say, I'm going to let my team make the decisions about direction of the product. I'm just going to coach and mentor my team. I'm going to plan in an iterative fashion and just saying, this is what we're going to do for the next two years. This is what we're going to do. This is our plan for the five-year plan. We're going to break that down into smaller chunks. And then we're going to test multiple things. We're not just going to do the same old thing because that's what we did. This scares some people because the human brain isn't set up for business. I talk about this a lot, and one of the things that we have is something called time discounting. I value today more than I value tomorrow. It's like why I'm fat. I'm fat because I like to eat today, even though it's gonna give me a heart attack, hurt my knees, and cause me lots of pain and suffering.
0: Most people in companies suffer from time discounting. Don't change that. Or it can oh be gosh. a business, or that can be a business model, David, because you're really talking about yourself. But like Jim Gaffigan uses it as a business model for yeah. his comedy. exactly. But but, but, the, but you go ahead. no. You go ahead.
1: So I think this is what you know. You get you get your people all scared because I'd rather, I rather I'm he's okay, but you, maybe 20 years ago we could be okay with that but Bezos and you know Alphabet they're right in the fact that they know that anybody can disrupt them at any time with the right technology. So small businesses have to be thinking about agile in terms of bringing the right people in to help direct them and accept the direction that it's going to take them regardless of where
0: where they were. They put their purpose in their work instead of the purpose in who they were. David, it's hard to break old habits. I love this idea. This I now feel it in my bones that disruption is coming it's here it's happening faster and faster can you give me any kind of an example of how this how this could be successful this this mindset that came out of the lean principles out of software development like how can i really try this out now i know yeah, you're so i'll
1: give you a great example of that from my own personal life so um, I'm. I'm. A tr- I was in the training business, the business, the business for profit training space. We lived on disruption with some big companies and your and kind of your own company is And my that, own right? company as well. Right. Yeah. So I had to do entrepreneurship at the bigger companies, which is testing new products. I had to do entrepreneurship in the smaller company, which is finding out and looking for new markets. And what you could do is you could take a testing approach to looking at new avenues. You can let the market dictate to you where you should go next. And you can have different enclaves of groups working through that to test those new ideas. I think that the key thing is, is we just, we rather spend all our time on what we think works. This is another human weakness. It's called loss regret. I don't want to try something new because my fear of failure stops me from ever trying. So I'm just going to keep doing what I think works. So I would tell you the number one thing is for a professional to try to f- learn how to test new creative ideas in small increments, and then measure those increments to see which ones they go to next, not, and not relying on their instinct and their gut, but relying on the
0: marketplace. What are a couple of bad habits you had to break? Oh my or, gosh, or, I had thousands of bad well,
1: habits. <laughs> I really, you, them.
0: <laughs> From the outside though, I see you as a very successful person, business person, you've been with big companies, you, you've had your own enterprise. But what did Pessive, you have to first break? Of all, very pes- What did you have to break? Very pessimistic. I've got a very, very,
1: very pessimistic mindset. I, I, I feel that things are going to fail first, and then it, it, it affects my ability to to, to celebrate. In this marketplace, you should celebrate. So I had a tendency, they used to call me the taking tree at the old job. You know, so I know, uh, okay, that was great, now I'll move on Shell to the next thing. Yes, okay. the, the, exactly, the giving tree. They flipped it and they actually put a picture of me. That replaced, would be a good book. Yeah, they replaced the boy's picture at my face. <laughs> so it taught me something. I think that's one of my weaknesses. The other the other weakness was I fell in love with the techn- I fell in love with the product and not the success of the product. I really that was I'll tell you, I'll look back at all my failures. All my failures tied to the fact that oh my this is the right thing you know and i started getting confirmation bias and
0: i everything i'm reading is saying that this is the right thing and then doing it and losing so now you know your strengths you're at this company how did how but you came out successful
1: yeah and the one but company, what did you do different so at the oh at aspe with I agile number one that when you know, we we built and sold aspe number one is i didn't fall in love with the product i only fell in love with success. And I f- tested. We tested three to four things every single month. Mm. I understood that profitability would be impacted by testing, but I was building, growing. So I was more focused on revenue growth and keeping profit there. We had to be profitable, but understanding that profit was utilized to help fuel revenue growth until we had our exit strategy decided, then you have to stabilize. Mm-hmm. And I was more apt to say, let my revenue line grow, let my profit ebb and flow based on what I have to invest to keep the revenue line growing. Now, that's not the end-all, know-all. There's other lifestyle businesses where I'm the, where you can stay at a million dollars and keep good profit, but just realize at some point there's going to be a disruption to that lifestyle business. That's what affects a lot of small business owners. They're, they accept their lifestyle business. They love the profit. They're okay with a million dollars, but the profit is beautiful But they're not reinvesting, and then they get hit. So with me, don't fall in love with the product. Fall in love with success. Reinvest, reinvest through testing multiple ideas outside your core. Don't test inside your core. Test outside your core. And accept the fact that any new idea is going to take 18 months to succeed. Wow. Maybe even 24 months. And I, that drives me crazy. Great leader. Oh, it hasn't worked twice. It's six months. Kill it. Oh, my gosh. You've got the metrics that show it's working. It's got to have metrics to show it's working. But working isn't going to be a million dollars in a year. Working is going to be, you know, I'm producing positive revenue. I got a little bit of positive profit. I'm driving this type of mind share. Because this marketplace has got so much congestion,
0: it takes a lot longer to pop. But when it pops, it pops. What are some of the successes you see that maybe we could latch onto that you say that was following an agile mindset that you might see in the world today, maybe from a little bit of yesteryear? What are some of the macro examples you could maybe drop well, into uh, this Well, Amazon Web Services is by far one of the best examples. By far,
1: if you had to really take a good example of something that was just amazingly done this way, what was Amazon? Amazon was a retail platform. Well, they had a bunch of storage. Hey, we can sell this storage. It was completely outside there. It's a B2C and now they're selling B2B. Although it's a little bit of B2B in that web. That's a whole other story. But here they, oh, this is great. And now they're number one, number two. It's amazing. And a whole different technology. They're not even, they're not a technology company, but they are. They sold their technology. They tested it. It started working. They grew it. They built it. They built the business around it. Now it's amazing. It's a better performer profit wise than the retail business. It's what keeps them profitable.
0: Without it, they would have a, their stock wouldn't be as good because profit would have, they would have an issue with their profit. How about a smaller company example that uh, we might different. be able to draw on? or, or I think comp- the, you gave the example of your marketing person. That was a perfect example of it. Hey,
1: look, I had this fancy office with all bells and whistles and colors. I'm spending a crap load of money. I'm now seeing the return associated. I'm going to pivot and adjust. I'm going an to adjust and pivot. Now I'm doing this instead of that. We, at ASPE, we used to do behavioral health training for psychologists. We moved to security, networking. From security and networking, we went to software development methods. And then we were doing electronic health medical, electronic records. We did
0: marketing training. We did leadership training. We tried energy training. So if you were in total control, would that have happened? No. Before this mindset? No. No. No, no. Because more. you might have fallen in love with one. Yeah, I would have fallen in love with one and just said, ah, we're just going to go after this, and we would have been a
1: $4 million company. Make a good profit for a while, but then we would have got disrupted. And then we would have been freaking out and blaming each other and not realizing it's because we sat on the cash cow for too long. To think of it as a well. When you and you have an oil well, you start off. If you found, if you did all the geothermal stuff right, you lay your first pipe. It's easy. It's thick. It's gorgeous. It's 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 shallow. But the more expensive, the more the more you drill that boy, boy, the more expensive it gets. And then ultimately you dry the thing out, and you're spending god awful amount of money digging to get less and less return. This is what happens in businesses. We get fixated on that was the best well ever. And then we get eaten because we don't, because we're like the boiling frog. Human beings don't like don't like change in quick spurts. We're great with long. We just keep. Pfft.
0: Next thing you know, we go from twenty percent profit to three. Interesting. Take us through a little bit of the 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 way we're built. I like it when you talk about that and some of the talks that I've attended that you've done for us and for others. Just the the human nature aspect of this, yeah, human and, nature, then and then let's and then let's. Wrap up with some of the re- some resources, for example, and also yeah. uh, you, you know, a couple of questions to the end. Mm-hmm. But as we're wrapping,
1: that's a great. Que- I mean, thanks. That's uh, that's a, one
0: of the funnest <laughs> parts of this is the whole
1: people thing, right? So I think we think people are jerks, and we aren't. The vast majority of the population are wonderful. You mean people that are different? People, than us? In, yeah, people are different. <laughs> than, exactly, <laughs> precisely. And the va- there's only a two percent of the population are sociopaths. That's really the only thing that we have to be worried about as human beings. Um, Our brains aren't meant for business. Our brains were meant for being out there in the wilderness, hunting, hunting, gathering, and then sleeping. So we have a lot of what we call cognitive distortions. We have a lot of effective forecasting issues, and our brains play tricks on us. You know, we we talked today about lost regret. We already talked about time discounting. Another is the endowment effect. If John and I were sitting here, we both had an apple. It was the same exact apple, bright red and shiny. I would think my Apple was more valuable than John's and John would think his Apple is more valuable than his. Confirmation bias, which is the story I was saying when I was looking at everything in the security space, saying to me, this is the right class to do, and I was closing my mind to everything that told me it was the wrong thing to do and I lost our company millions of dollars because I was fixated on this one topic, so that's confirmation bias. So one of my things is I've been trying to push out there, you have to understand how you operate so that you can be more influential, so you can be more successful. Pessimism. We're naturally pessimistic. Because op, 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 what's it? Opportunistic, not opportunistic. Uh, what's the word when you're a positive? You're pessimistic and you're optimist. Optimist. Yeah, you're Optimistic people died back in caveman times. Pessimistic people who ran, <laughs> they lived. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Think about it. So, in our DNA, pessimism is more established. So, we have to understand that our first filter is pessimism and not optimism. So, those are some of the things. It's, it's a whole bunch of stuff we could talk about.
0: That could be a whole other podcast. Well, we're going we're to continue the conversation. <laughs> However, let's wrap up with maybe some resources from your point of view. People listening might be able to look at or read, even, even a little bit of where they can find out more about the best you book. And your and the best book to learn about yourself
1: is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. It's an amazing book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Our brains are three two percent of our body. They take up twenty percent. It takes up twenty percent of our energy. We don't understand how to work it. It it slows down. It works in stereotypical patterns. He points it out wonderfully. It really starts to begin, begin to teach us about ourselves. Any emotional intelligence book, any emotional intelligence book, just to get a better understanding of who we are. And that's one big thing for me is that the more I could do retrospectives of myself and see where my problems are, weaknesses, issues, that makes, makes me understand myself better.
0: And how do they find out more about David Mantica LinkedIn and your, baby, your company?
1: David Mantica, David M A N T I C A. Go out to LinkedIn, you see a lot of my articles and stuff of that nature at
0: www.softed.com. David Mantica, Career Pro Podcast. Great to have you in. We'll continue the conversation.